many of you have met the Queen? I just wondered. Oh, it's a church of the Queen. Oh, I'm really impressed. Was that when she came to Townsville Cathedral? That is very holy. Anyone else been in the same room as the Queen? Okay, I might come back to that in a moment. Okay, so if you haven't met the Queen or been in a room with the Queen, have any of you met any royalty? Yeah, I know. I know of Jen. Okay, so there is, I have even got a picture of Jen meeting Prince Charles. So um, it's a bit of a, um, a grainy picture on the front page of the Basildon Echo. <laughs> um, is that, will no. it come up? No, it might not. Mm, it should do. It might appear in a moment. He came to visit her school, and so there is a picture, and you have to look really carefully. Um, and you, I know it's Jen to know what her coach is wearing, but the rest of the world might not. Um, and there is somebody yeah. else that's met royalty. Is it not Sorry. working? Give us a second. Okay. Um, Nick Wary, who's not here this morning, but he does know that I'm talking about him. Just a couple of weeks ago, he met William and Kate. Like, he actually chatted to them and shook their hands. And you're not allowed to, he was telling me, offer to shake their hand. If they go to shake yours, then you can shake their hand. So I then shook Nick's hand because I was like, oh, "You have shaken that hand has shaken Prince William's hand." Like, oh my goodness! Um, and he did. There was a few photos taken of him meeting them, which he did send me, which um, I have to show you later. Um, I don't know if you've seen in the news this week that there was the state opening of Parliament. And it's only the third time in Queen Elizabeth's reign, in her 70 years, that she hasn't been there. But you know, she's 96. Like, I think fair play. Like, she's got some mobility issues. Like, she's 96. So, what she what she did, and what she has been doing all often, for those of you who don't know, is that she has been passing on her anointing. She has delegated some really important jobs the rest of her family, like Prince Charles and like William and Kate. And so this week, Prince Charles was in charge of, that's the right word, but he read the Queen's speech at the state opening of Parliament and he sat um, in a throne, but he didn't wear the crown. The crown was sitting on the throne next to him, which presumably is the Queen's throne, but he, he is not the king yet, so he can't wear that throne, but yet... The authority and the anointing have been delegated to him. He stepped up. And about three weeks ago, I was in Vinnie So, children, if you were in there with me, um, you might remember we talked about um, some verses in Luke chapter 4. And I know if you are adults, then you're in here with him. And you also talked about these same verses. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. And it starts by saying, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because he has anointed me. And when I said in many kids, what does that word anointing mean? Esther wearing said, it's like the queen. The queen is anointed. And, and that was kind of the best example we could, we could think of. The queen has been given this um, authority, this mandate, this, um, yeah, this anointing the job that she has been asked to do. And if we follow Jesus, if we have said yes to following him, 
then we, he, Jesus is the anointed one, the Messiah, the Christ. And by us giving our yes to him, we become little Christ. We become anointed because we follow him. We carry his anointing. So he delegates important jobs to us to do, like the queen is delegating important jobs to her family to do. They are carrying on her anointing, walking in her anointing, and we are walking in Jesus' anointing. Um, we have been anointed, we've been given God's authority, Jesus' authority, like uh, Pitt talked about um, a few weeks ago, we've been given Jesus' authority, Jesus' anointed to win the And we have been given that anointing, it's like Jesus gave us his crown. And whereas should Charles had to have the crown sitting on the throne next to him in the state of the Jesus, when we say yes to him, through the power of the Holy Spirit, he gives us a crown to wear. He says, you carry my anointing. You, this is my mandate, and it's now your mandate. You can wear my crown. So, if you'd like to, adults are included in this. If you would like to decorate a crown while I'm talking, please do come forward, grab the crown, and then there's a whole table of stickers, some bunny ones, some dinosaur like ones, some different ones. Um, so do feel free to come down now. Go for Jen and Daisy. I know you want to. Um, and Jen, I think you're going to make one for me, aren't you? Great. Um, Aya, do you want to go make a crown? Go grab a crown. Grab some stickers. And there are some letter stickers as well. So um, if you can spell your name, I can't spell it properly. Um, and there's two buzz. Um, that, that's true. Spelling is an R, strong point. But there are some letters. So if you want to put your name on your crown, then that will make it all the more special. Um, and we will have a parade at the end. So if you can't quite see what's going on, then don't worry. Um, we are going to, to see them. So Jesus never did anything by accident. Him giving us his crown, him anointing us um, in his place was never by accident. Um, and Jesus, this... This occasion in Luke 4 that we're going to read in a moment, um, Jesus walked into the synagogue, so walked into the, the, the church of the day, and he knew, he was a bit like the Anglican church, he knew that they had um, a list of what the readings were going to be each week. And he knew on that day that they were going to be reading from the scroll of Isaiah. And he picked up, oh, here we go. Let's just have a quick look at these pictures. <laughs> this is Jen here. <laughs> and then, this is, for those of you who don't know Nick, this is Nick, the blue jumper, and uh, chatting to William and Kate. Very exciting. And then, look, here you go. Here's Prince Charles with the crown sitting on a cushion next to him. He's not actually the king yet, but the queen had delegated her authority to him, her anointing to him. Um, yes, yeah, so Jesus walked into the temple, into the synagogue that, that day, and they were reading from the scroll of Isaiah. And so Jesus picked up this scroll and he read from Isaiah 61. He was very intentional because he had chosen this day to be the day that he was going to reveal who he was and what he'd come to do. And so he quotes Isaiah's prophecy 
Jesus is proclaiming what his job description is, what his mandate is. And if we have said yes to following Jesus, then that is our mandate as well. And these are the verses that it says. It says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to pray, proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. And then verse 20 says, Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. That wasn't the end. Back in Jesus' day, if you were reading from scripture, if you were, and you would stand at the front and then you would read. And then if you wanted to do a little preachy bit like I'm doing now, then you'd go and sit down. And everybody would gather around you while you were sitting down. Which made me think that if I was talking sitting down, I might go on for an awful lot longer because my lecture could get tired. So I think, you know, I'm not sure that I, that was helped for me. Um, anyway, Jesus went and sat down to then give his sermon. And it says in the next bit of the verse, the eyes of everybody in the synagogue were fastened on him. They were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. We have been given Jesus' anointing and authority to bring good news to the poor, and he has sent us to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, and freedom for the oppressed, to set the oppressed free. Now, if you've been around us for any length of time, you'll know that we absolutely believe that God can heal, and God, um, yeah, can heal us physically from Ill, Ill, illness and ailments, and there is a whole subject of the now and not yet of the kingdom, why we don't always get healed, but that is um, for another talk. And so I will just press pause on that, because this morning I want to talk briefly about freedom. Oh, thank you. Mm -hmm. oh, so quickly done. Very big head, so that's just about it. Um, I want to talk about freedom. Now, uh, I'm showing my age now. I've actually ever seen very far. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for you, Matt and Lydia. Oh, Emily, you seen it? Oh, good. I was like, maybe I'm. It's a bit old, but for those of you that happened, uh, this is um, Mel Gibson, and he's leading the Scottish to invade the, the English. And he shouts on the front of the battle line, "Freedom!" Then there's more in the film. If you want to see, you can watch it. That's the bit I remember. Um, so I'm going to talk a little bit about freedom. Um, but in order to do that, I need I need a couple of volunteers. Uh, oh, adult volunteers, I didn't say that. <laughs> I was wondering, uh, maybe Matt Taylor would you volunteer? And um, maybe Michael Hedges would you be up to volunteer? You just literally just have to come and stand here. But then I'd really like some children to come. Take some toilet rolls. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to, you're more than welcome. We're trying to get them. Trying to get it. You might get this payment. Yeah. So. Okay. So we need a team of children that can come and wrap Michael up. Here. Flip the screen. I see project on there. Yeah. We've talked about what the exact rules are. And then we need two people to come and wrap Matt up. You can share. You can share. So. We're gonna um <laughs> so um you can cheer for whichever team you like. Um Samuel. Samuel, you're gonna come and wrap up Daddy. I feel like this is like Samuel. Okay, so you're gonna try your best 
to entrap and entangle Matt and Mike, okay? So, I think Matt's already, okay, on your marks, get set, go. So they're practicing. You're supposed to be helping though. He's supposed to make all that Anna, are you getting any photos of this? Let go up. I think it's cheap toilet roll. It's broken. Right. Oh, that. So, <laughs> you can go back to making your crowns. 
And you can have uh, your well, it's really fun. Um, thank you so much, Matt and Mike, you helped brilliantly there. Um, Mike was very good at giving instruction. Um, I think that probably was, just whether his team had listened to him or not. When Jesus said, I have come that you would, or when he, when he said um, that he's come to protect freedom for the prisoners, Jesus didn't mean that we were going to break people out of prison. Um, because that would be a bit dangerous for us, but also for our community, wouldn't it? Um, and there are examples in the Bible, and as Jesus was saying this, as Jesus was proclaiming this in the synagogue, one of his cousins and his best friend, John the Baptist, was actually in prison at the time, and Jesus didn't go and break him out of prison. So we can assume that Jesus didn't mean break people out of prison. And also in the book of Acts, which is the, the story of the early church, we read of two guys called Paul and Silas, who were complete legends, and they were imprisoned because of what they believed. Um, and actually, they didn't need breaking out of prison, because in their worship, the walls shook, the gates flew open, and their chains fell off. But they didn't escape, they didn't run. They actually talked to the jailer and his family, and he, they led them all to Jesus. They introduced Jesus to all of them, and then they baptised them. So I don't think that Jesus meant that we were to organise prison breaks. To be honest, I think I'd be pretty rubbish at it. I do believe when Jesus said that he came to bring freedom to the prisoners, it means that he wants all of us to be free, free from everything that entangles us and traps us. A little bit like the toilet roll that just trapped Matt and Mike. Um, our sin, the things that we do that aren't God's best for us, the things that we do that are not in line with him, are like that toilet roll that is attaching itself to us, and wrapping us up, that is keeping us bound. I mean, Matt here, um, sorry, Mike, had his arms by his side, and, uh, and so with the toilet roll that landed, he couldn't, he couldn't use his arms freely, he couldn't break Free. Um, Jesus wants us to be free. Augustine, who was an early church father, another um, someone who's really interesting to read, he said this freedom isn't lack of constraints, it's about being who we've been designed to be and pursuing that identity. We are designed in the image of God. And the more we can walk in that image, the more we can walk in God's design for us we will be. We sang about it in worship this morning, about being free from our shame. And that freedom comes in the presence of Jesus. I don't know how many of you enjoy playing football or maybe other team sports. Um, but imagine a game of football, for example, where the rules have been abandoned. You might think, woohoo, the game can be begin, we can have fun. There's no offside rules, there's no sideline, there's no um, no one's stopping the fouls, no one um, stopping people from picking up the ball. Ultimately, that's how the game rugby was invented. Um, the crowds are running onto the pitch to have their say and have their go, and all because the rules and the limits have been removed. But I think we'd all agree that that wouldn't make much of a football game, would it? No, the rules and the guidelines mean that we can play the game or watch the game, uh, and it's safe and enjoyable for both the spectators and the players. We have been designed in the image of God. And the more we acknowledge that and walk with him the way that he has designed us, the more we can experience that freedom. 
So firstly, this morning, Jesus wants to set us free. Jesus gave us his anointing. He had the anointing and the authority to set all of those who were imprisoned, captured, entangled, trapped free. And he wants to do that for us so that we can have an intimate relationship with him, with Father God, to be who we've designed to be. There was um, an occasion, I was going to read it, the scripture will appear in a minute, but I'm just going to summarise briefly. There was an occasion where Jesus was having dinner with some religious leaders of his day, and while he was eating, um, a lady came in who was known for being a bit naughty, and she was known for being a bit of an outcast. And she came into this meal, and she encountered Jesus, and she wept. She wept over his feet, and, he, and she dried them and cleaned them with her hair. Now, you might think, you might have a bit of a hate relationship with feet generally, but feet back in Jesus' day, they might have worn flip-flops or similar all the time. They wouldn't have walked on pavements. They'd have walked in dust and mud and donkey poo and cow poo, and their feet would have been pretty smelly and disgusting. And this lady came in, and she met Jesus, she encountered him, and she wept. Cleaned his feet with her tears, dried his feet with her hair, and then she broke an expensive jar of perfume over her feet. She anointed Jesus' feet. The Pharisees, there's no Jesus was sitting with them, eating, were disgusted. They were outraged that Jesus would allow a sinful woman to come close to this stuff. You know what Jesus says? He says, Jesus says something amazing. I came to your house for dinner and you didn't wash my feet. You didn't anoint my head with oil. She was coming into her stomach. And he restored her. She was captivated by Jesus' love and affection for her. And her story has been told the world over millions of times. Jesus offered her forgiveness and freedom. The lady responded, well, the lady had responded to Jesus' love before. But because of that freedom and that, that forgiveness, her adoration moved. And Jesus wants to do the same for us. He wants, however we feel, whether we feel like we actually are pretty together and we've got it pretty sewn up, or whether we feel like we're constantly making a mess, we're constantly doing things that we know that we probably shouldn't. Jesus says, Come to me. I want to free you. Come into my presence and you will be free. And the second thing that Jesus wants to do is he wants to use us to set others free. Like I say, not with a prison break, um, but like like the queen passed on her anointing to Charles this week to open Parliament. She passed on that anointing. Jesus passes that anointing onto us. He gives us his crown. He says, as little Christ, you are anointed, you have my authority and my freedom to show that and share that with others because of who I am and what I've done. We have the Holy Spirit to give us courage to do that, don't we? The Holy Spirit is called the Comforter. Wherever we are, whatever situation we find ourselves in, we can offer Jesus' presence and freedom to those around us. We can be models of freedom and forgiveness and restoration. 
And you know, I would say that I, you know, I try to sit in the presence of God regularly so I can hand him over my stuff, so that I can deal with the toilet roll that is keeping me captive. A couple of weeks ago, some of us were at the Vineyard Leaders Gathering, and I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit where I was set free of something I didn't even really know that had bound me. And I encountered the Holy Spirit, and um, it was only really, I knew that something had happened, something had shifted in me. And as I was talking about it with a friend afterwards, they were able to identify They said, do you think it could have been a spirit of insecurity in me? And I just burst into tears. Because I'd been, I'd been there a few days, and I found myself being really insecure on a number of occasions, talking to a number of different people. Oh, no, but I, in the presence of God, Pip was praying for me and another lady. Like God just broke, Jesus broke off that spirit of insecurity in me, and I, I know that going forward, I need to keep stepping into Jesus's freedom. So, so I, I say, I tell you that story because, as as someone who's followed Jesus for a long time, you know, I still find myself trapped and entangled with stuff. When I'm not walking, I'm not living as God designed me to live. And we can be set free continually. Freedom is real. And Jesus doesn't want us to be trapped or entangled, caught up or imprisoned by anything, anything that isn't him. Jesus said, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoner recovery of sight to be blind, blind and set the oppressed free. That was Jesus' mandate, Jesus' job description, and he asks us to partner with him to do that as well. Because the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me, it's on you. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on us because he has anointed us to bring good news to the poor, to proclaim freedom to the prisoners, bring recovery of sight to the blind and set the oppressed free.